Biden wants open voting opportunities, and he claims that the FBI and Homeland Security says there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud, while Trump continues to with unsolicited amounts of of caution he continues to babble about that certain topic and there's very small instances that he likes to point out and also many unproven conspiracy theories now trump claimed that while there was questions about Trump's transition to power this year, you know, if he loses to give it up peacefully to Biden, he claimed that, quote, there was no transition of power in 2016. He claims that it was a coup. He says he caught them all. He claims that he caught Joe Biden, and yet none of that material has been investigated by neither the FBI nor the Justice Department. And he claimed that Obama knew everything that was going on. It was the idea of Obamagate, a uh, a concept that Obama spied on Trump before he even became president, and that they they basically faked the dossier for the Mueller investigation. Although that has been up to a lot of debates, there has been a lot of falsified information. There has been. A lot of conspiracy theories. We may talk on that later. However, right now, I want to just briefly go over the discussions of the debate. The, to verify what is true and what is, what is misleading. And just to basically say what the, what the candidates really had to say for themselves. Now, he, he seems to see mail-in ballots are a mess and that there are a lot of unsolicited ballots and that there will be fraud like you've never seen. And he has no idea what is going to happen. And he, he pulls up examples of losing ballots in different states, like in Pennsylvania where they found 17 ballots in a ditch. Military, I'm sorry, military ballots in a ditch, more specifically. And he doesn't like the idea of having ballots in by November 10th. However, that had been discussed, and it is not the ballots that have to be in, but it's the postage that must be sent in on November, by November 10th. And that 30 million voters voted by mail in 2018, a, a huge sum of people that voted. And now... Trump urged his supporters to go to the polls and essentially be poll watchers and pulls an example of Philadelphia where they kicked out poll watchers. Although this has been a question of whether its legality is true. I mean, it's illegal to show up in in any political attire to the polls, you know, depending on the state. But in my state of Ohio, it is illegal to show up in any political attire, and it is illegal to essentially uh, administrate unless you have been granted that by an official. Now, Biden says people in person can be voted, but they need to have the right logistics and the right amount of coverage and to make sure that the integrity of the election holds up 
he claims that Biden claims that the the mail-in ballot fraud is false and that votes should be counted after election day. He's concerned, however, about the courts and how Trump is trying to continue with the nomination of Justice Barrett. And Trump called out Joe for stacking the court. Joe Biden had no comment on that, although that is a very stronghold position the Democrats have right now. So I guess the integrity of the election was a very short topic. And then the final topic was Trump and Biden's records. Trump began with saying that there has never been an administration that has done more in three years. And he claims that he's done more in 47 months than Joe Biden ever did in 47 years. Although that claim is kind of misleading. There is really no way to measure that. It's really up to opinion. I mean, let's be real. Joe Biden was a senator for much of that time. And, I mean, technically, you could attribute to any bill that was passed in Congress to be attributed to Joe, the ones that he voted for and that were passed. You could technically do that, but that is really complicated. Like I said, when you're a member of the Senate, you don't stand out individually. You stand out as a group. And America has changed a lot in the last 47 years. That is very clear. Whether it was good or not is up to interpretation. And then claims... Although, you know, Joe Biden was Obama's vice president, although vice presidents have kind of limited say in how government really functions, although that is up to, again, up to uh, interpretation. And he claims that Trump had went through hell, you know, with the impeachment, with the obstruction of justice implemented by Obama, yada, yada, yada claims that he recovered the VA, that the VA has a 91% approval rating, he rebuilt the military, and that Joe Biden handed him a weakened military, and that 128 judges Obama left were filled, plus another 150 more. Then he attacked Joe about his son, Hunter Biden, again, claiming that Hunter was dishonorably discharged for his use of drugs, his cocaine addiction. And then Biden comes back and talks about how Trump had weakened and divided this country. He in Biden and Obama inherited a recession, a booming economy, and Trump took that down, backwards, down on its feet. Then he claimed that he went head-to-head on Moscow and Beijing, and Biden called Trump Putin's, quote, puppy, which I've actually never heard that one before. And he claimed, he talked how Trump never said anything about the bounties on U.S. soldiers, and Trump, again, had no comments about that. Um, 
that the violence and insurrection going on in this country is on his watch. And I think it is really idiotic to claim that the violence, I've, I've heard from many right-wing groups that it, this is Biden's America. I think that's absolutely ridiculous because this is under Trump's watch. Like I said before, with the attacks on Hunter, he defended his son Hunter, and he defended his son Bo, and who went to Iraq, and he, Trump went back to attack Joe by saying he never knew anything about Bo, and then Biden tells Trump that Bo was not a loser. And I think that was a very impactful, uh, message that was seen by a lot of people and that could really be a bite in the butt for Trump same with this continuous uh backtracking on condemning white supremacy that i think can have an effect on a lot of voters i do think currently there are not too many independent voters i feel like a lot of people have already made up their mind i don't think there's a lot of undecided voters so it's whether these debates are really whether to solidify the base and get a lot of people on board with whoever wins. And then Chris Wallace put up the point of climate change. Then again, Trump confront claims that he confronted climate change and the idea of he rolled back on Obama-era records and regulations. However, Trump did say that there were lower carbon emissions and they have been going down under his presidency. That is true. However, there are a lot of measurables that are not taken into account, including energy consumption and the, and the 2020 COVID pandemic. He says carbon sorry, carbon emissions impact to an extent, but he does not believe it's the whole picture. And he said he stopped fuel economy standards, and to stop the forest fires, he wants better forest management. And he has an approval of electric cars. Then Biden comes back and talks about how Trump denies science. Then he came up with a plan that, although he did, shockingly, to a lot of people, to a lot of people's eyes, he did say he did not support the Green New Deal. Although on his website he does say that the Green New Deal does have a basis, I still do believe that I do think Biden does not like the Green New Deal. However, his plan is sort of a step in that direction. His plan is to remove is to end coal and oil. I'm sorry, new coal and oil plants to keep the 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 ones in use right now and to end the new ones. And to start two trillion to invest two trillion dollars in green in what he calls green jobs, move to renewable for government institutions, turn the entire fleet renewable. He wants to make 5,000 new charging stations for cars, have 4 million building inspections, and to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, and to 
to really force Brazil to preserve the Amazon rainforest by sending $20 billion to stop Brazil with the contributions of other world nations. And he wants to build 1.5 million new energy-efficient homes with new jobs and tax incentives for companies that try to reduce their carbon footprint. And essentially, that was practically it. And Biden said something very interesting, that Antifa was an idea, not an organization. A big politician to address that on the stage is something very, in my opinion, very, very impactful. Why do I think that? Well... Really, the right has really been misconstrued about Antifa. Anti-fascism is one of the most polarizing ideas and fundamental ideas about this country. This country was developed with the idea of equality. However, in fascism you're not equal, there are certain people that aren't equal. There's a certain group of people that are. So essentially, we're all anti-fascist, unless, you know, you are a fascist. Now, this idea to discredit Antifa and whatnot from Donald Trump, again, sort of a reflection about the right's perspective of left-wing movements. Trump claims, quote, Antifa is a dangerous radical group and you ought to be careful with them. They'll overthrow you. Biden interjected to point out that FBI Director Christopher Wray, who was appointed by Trump himself, has called Antifa an idea, not an organization, and that the FBI elevated the threat level of racially motivated violent extremists in the USA to a national threat priority. In his testimony this month to the the Homeland Security Committee, FBI Director Christopher Wray said the majority of domestic terrorism threats and violence come from racially motivated violent extremists, mostly from people who subscribe to white supremacist ideology. Wray described Antifa as an ideology or movement rather than an organized group and said that they were investigating some cases involving people who self-identify with Antifa, but he said the protest-related violence doesn't appear to be organized or connected to one group. Protests for racial justice have at times turned violent, but the large majority of them have been peaceful, and they have been agitated by right-wing extremists and white supremacists. This was the FBI director. You take that as you will, but this is a Trump-appointed FBI director. Trump is really underestimating the impacts of white supremacies and the revival 
of white supremacy and how he indirectly sort of gave them a platform again. And that is what's dangerous. The polarization of political ideologies in this nation. That's why we are at our most divided. Now for some final thoughts. Who I think won? Well, it was a shit show. But I think the clear winner was Biden. Now here's why. I really think Trump did not do what he needed to do to solidify the very small margin of undecided voters and independents. However, with his taxes, he did, I believe, sort of sort of draw the support of, of libertarians. You know, with the idea, you know, libertarians with the self-evident idea that taxes are inherently not good, that it, it's robbery from the government. You know, that's a fundamental belief of the Libertarian Party. So he did draw that group of voters. However, they were very minimal. What Trump needed to solidify was white women. And I think tonight he kind of made a case that he didn't do so. He claims that Biden is going to, quote, threaten the suburbs. Trump is still living in this past concept of preserving the suburbs. But what Trump doesn't understand now is that the suburbs are very diverse. They're not what they were 50 years ago. That tactic could work back then, but now... Because, like I said, in the past 47 years, America has changed so much demographically. That's just not going to work. And I think white women of America are a lot more conscious and aware of their position in society and have seen what Trump has done in the past four years and made up their mind about what they think Donald Trump as a candidate really is. I think Biden really laid down a foundation for future. Because like I said, you know, you could blame that because Trump is the incumbent. I just think Trump relies too heavily on the past. He 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 comes up with these outrageous claims that, you know, he's done more for blacks than than any president since Lincoln. He has the greatest economy in US history, although that has been disputed. Really, the Trump has no vision for the future. And I'm sorry for you Trumpers out there. But I just don't see it. Maybe I'm looking blindly, let me know. But last night, I'm going just off of last night. You can go on his website, and I have been on his website. And it's not very clear about what he really wants to implement. It is very vague. Like, he has ideas, but he doesn't say how to do them. Biden has those plans, and for some of them, he does have a clear path, but of course, some of them are still pretty vague. But at least he has something. The GOP this year didn't even have a party platform for the, for the RNC. 
And I think that tells you sort of where the Republican Party is standing right now. They lost the popular vote in 2016 by a huge margin. And it seems like this year it'll be the same as whether the Electoral College will hold out. I don't think Trump has any shot of winning or converting red state, I'm sorry, blue states, the red that were in 2016. However, Biden has opened the door for many states to go from red to blue. That could be Arizona, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, possibly North Carolina, even Texas. It's possible, but I it's probably too soon to determine that. I do not think Biden could hold that. I may do an election map soon, but I do think it's kind of too early to determine that. I think I'll do it after the third debate, sort of two weeks before the election. And I think that it would be a fair assessment to do because I still think now we're sort of at the 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 end of the of the run, you know, and both parties are going to try to squeeze as much as they can out of trying to falsify their opponent and attack their opponent. So I'm very curious to see how uh, people will react in the polls. I did see the polls from 538, and Biden is favored to win the election, 79 in 100, while Trump is still at 21 in 100. And that's of today, Wednesday, September 30th. So he did increase his odds in the election. Right now, Trump has an 11 in 100 chance to win the popular vote, while Biden has an 89 in 100 chance of winning the popular vote. Trump winning in a landslide. I'm sorry for you Trumpers, but it is less than 1 in 100. And, you know, I know how you guys react I know he guys reacted to 2016 polls saying, oh, they were all wrong. However, if you looked at many statistics, they weren't as wrong as you think they were. And I think the circumstances in 2020 are a lot different than what they were in 2016. So I think you cannot compare 2016 to 2020 because you have two, two different situations. You know, Hillary Clinton had a lot of unfavorability and a lot of people did not vote in 2016. Not as many people as you think did vote. Over 100 million eligible voters did not vote in 2016. That number, I think, will be a lot lower this year. I think we'll have a larger turnout thanks to mail-in ballots and sort of what's at stake here for 2020 and beyond. Considering how people have an unfavorable opinion of Trump, in in approval ratings, they have constantly, from what I've seen, they have constantly constantly stayed between forty two and forty five percent, and it just really depends who shows up at the polls. It really does. So if you're eligible to vote, go, whatever it takes, get your voice heard. I'm tired of hearing that bullshit that, oh, they don't give a shit, you know, stuff like that. No, go. Say say what you need to say. 
So Trump's odds of winning one state that Clinton won in 2016 are about 35 and 100, so they're not terrible. But Biden winning at least one state that Trump won in 2016 is 92 and 100. And I'm checking some of the battleground states. Ohio, it is essentially a toss-up. It is 48 and 100 for Trump and 52 and 100 for Biden. For Florida... Biden is up 58 in 100 compared to Trump 42 in 100. And those odds have been slimming over time. In North Carolina, Biden's up 53 in 100 compared to Trump 47 in 100. And we'll go to Pennsylvania, we'll go we'll go to Pennsylvania. Give me a second. Pennsylvania, Biden is up 79 in 100 compared to Trump 22 in 100. Arizona, Biden is 62 in 100 while Trump is 38 in 100. Next, we'll go to Michigan. Michigan is Biden 86 in 100 to Trump 14 in 100. So things are looking very, very well in Biden's favor. Same thing in Minnesota. Biden's up 88 in 100 compared to Trump 12 in 100 odds of winning the state. So things are really looking in Biden's favor, and it really is up to voter turnout. Well... I'm still deciding whether I'll do an episode on the vice presidential debate with Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence. There are currently 34 days until November 3rd. And until then, the excitement continues. This has been the JGM show on the presidential debates, day one. And I hope you enjoyed Please let me know what you guys think. I love hearing from you guys. And as always, I'll see you in the next episode.